Welcome to the Wisdom School, a podcast by the Perennial Leader Project. Here you'll find selected readings from ancient texts, clips from the In Search of Wisdom podcast, and meditations on the art of living. To learn more and subscribe to our daily newsletter, visit perennial.substack.com. All right. Well, Mark, welcome to In Search of Wisdom. Thank you, Joshua. It's really great to be with you. It's a pleasure to have you. I've really enjoyed going through your new book, which we're going to talk about today, Lessons from an American Stoic, How Emerson Can uh, Change Your Life. So it's exciting. But before we get into it, we generally start with this, I guess, maybe a standard opening question of how you initially came to have an interest in philosophy, Emerson, you know, fill in the blank of of what comes to mind there, Mark. So I I went through, there was a lot of confusion in my childhood. I went through a life and death situation in my 20s, and I was really lucky as a graduate student uh, to come across Emerson's work at a time when I really needed some guidance. I didn't know who he was. I was hired as a research assistant for a professor writing a book about him. And I found in Emerson uh, answers to questions that I didn't even know I had, that I hadn't even quite formulated for myself. He was the first writer I came across who had a sense of what human potential was beyond anything I had come across in my atheistic Jewish background. He was the first transcendental voice that I came across. And he gave me so much hope for what was possible uh, if we start to ask uh, deep questions of ourselves and really pursue the answers down to their root. So that was how it came. That's how it happened for me as a kid. Uh, and it has just grown. He's been with me for most of my life. He's seen me through some of the most, mm-hmm. you know, difficult times I've, uh, that I've gone through. And I feel like he's a kind of uh, guardian angel for me. Mm. Well, beautiful. Uh, I'm definitely grateful for the for the background there and you sharing that. I'm picturing um, what you write about in the book of this portable Emerson that that you have that's all all torn up and and been with you through the through the years. Let me ask you maybe a maybe it's another standard follow up question related there around the search piece. You talked about starting very young, this, you know, inward look, you know, journaling and things like that. But it sounds like it's still going today, you know, many, many decades later. And that is a consistent thing with many of the guests that I've had on. There's some sort of thing that like, gets a search that's started. And, and maybe that path is, is different for, for everyone. But it's like this lifelong search, if you will. How do you make sense of unending searches, if that's how you see it? I think life is a practice, is an ongoing practice of self-discovery. I think that's why we're here. So the idea that we're going to come to the end of the search and somehow, you know, sit back on our laurels and just rest in that, you know, that completed wisdom is a, is a myth. I think we're here to ask questions. We're here to know who we are. As Emerson said, that the unfolding of his nature is the chief end of man. 
And watching our nature unfold only happens when we're paying attention. And that's something that uh, we cultivate throughout our lives. So I, I really do think that seekers are a breed unto ourselves. And mm -hmm. we tend to be troubled people. We tend to be people with a lot of conflict, people who have intense inner lives, unresolved issues. All of those things that can be problematic in life are actually extremely useful on the seeker's path. Mm -hmm. Because what you realize is that what wakes you up spiritually uh, may not be what makes you uh, satisfied in any sort of conventional way, emotionally, uh, as a human being. So what feeds you spiritually may be anathema to the ego. Mm. So what happens is as life gives you more and more challenges, you realize that there's always spiritual grist for the mill, that this is, these are opportunities for awakening. So it really turns upside down this idea of life as this inalienable uh, pursuit of happiness in a kind of selfish sense. You realize that that's unattainable. But what mm. can be attained is a level of self-awareness uh, and mindfulness and self-mastery that happens by looking at the hard, uh, the hard issues and looking at the things that, are, that we can't quite uh, resolve. That's where the truth is. It's mm. complex uh, and it's elusive. But it's fascinating. If you're a seeker, it's fascinating. When yes. students ask me, when am I going to come to the end of all these questions? Why do I have to keep asking the same questions over and over? You know, I tell them because that's the practice of living. That's the craft of living, as Plato called it. Mm -hmm. and the craft of living is based on uh, self-knowledge, which comes through paying attention and asking questions. And that, for seekers, is, the, is what makes life interesting. Yeah. I love it. So, so great to have you, have you here, Mark. And we generally start with um, maybe a di uh, defining some terms and things like that, that might come up through the um, conversation. One is, is something you mentioned, uh, transcendentalist or transcendentalism. Uh, but before we, we get to that, for anyone that is not super familiar with Emerson. Could you talk a little bit about like the where, when, and, and why he's uh, an important figure today? Absolutely. Emerson was our first, uh, our founding philosopher as Americans. Uh, he was born in the early uh, 19th century. He lived to almost 80. So his lifespan you know, went across most of the 19th century. And he saw many of the hardest times that we've gone through as a nation. He went through abolition, and he went through slavery, he went through the Civil War. Uh, and he was important at a time when the country was really coming to have a sense of itself and its own direction. And he warned against many of the things that we are confronting today. You know, rampant materialism, losing a spiritual foundation, uh, losing a sense of the transcendent, uh, as we uh, were becoming more and more immersed in a capitalist consumer culture. You know, he talked about the importance of transcending tribalism, uh, the uh, get, not being fooled by fake news. You know, a lot of things that we're struggling with today are things that Emerson uh, prophesied uh, over 150 years ago. So he was, he was a sentinel. Really, he was the canary in the philosophical coal mine of uh, American, American growth and degradation. Mm. 
And so his message of self-reliance is also something that we haven't understood. You know, people have tended to think of self-reliance as rugged individualism, the kind of macho uh, American cowboy John ideal. But for Emerson, self-reliance was a spiritual path. And this is the one thing I want people to take from my book that has been forgotten. You know, self-reliance was a spiritual path. He said self-reliance is reliance on God, however you define God. He said there's nothing so weak as an egotist. So he was really going against the whole trend toward self-aggrandizement, uh, selfishness, uh, competition, you know, looking at ourselves as a country above other countries. All of that was uh, anathema to Emerson. Uh, as a transcendentalist, he really spoke to the unity of being, the unity of humankind. And that's something that we need desperately in our uh, public discourse today. We've lost all sense of the commonality uh, and our shared interest in preserving life on the planet uh, and preserving a sense of decorum and public decency. We've lost so much of that today. That's exactly what he cared about most. He cared about the unfolding of the individual and the greatness that is inherent in each of us. He spoke about the infinitude of the private man, that each of us has this territory inside us that is much bigger than our personality and our little picture of the little me. So what transcendentalism is about is cultivating a more direct relationship with the divine or with the metaphysical, however you define that, mm. uh, and finding that very often through nature. You know, that was one of his great themes, along with Thoreau, his protege, was that nature is our greatest teacher. And so by returning to our connection to nature, uh, we discover, we rediscover, we remember our own origins. Thank you for listening to this clip from the In Search of Wisdom podcast. I hope you found something useful for daily life. Listen to new episodes of In Search of Wisdom every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. For those interested in more tools for the art of living, consider subscribing to Perennial Meditations on Substack. Until next time, be wise and be well.